We're going to read tonight from 2 Timothy chapter number 3. We'll begin reading with verse number 1. Like Brother Daniel, I appreciate the fact tonight that God saved my soul. Like the song that I love to sing, he is the dearest friend I've ever had. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here tonight. If it weren't for him, I, I wouldn't have made it thus far. I think uh, this year, uh, if I make it to October, this year will be uh, see, 29 years I've been saved. Most of those 29 years I've been serving in some capacity, not just going to church, but just trying my, my wholehearted, dead-level best to serve God in some capacity. I, I want to be about the Father's business, and I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And whether it was witnessing or testifying on the job, whether it was uh, sweeping the floor, vacuuming, mopping, we, we did all of that. We were just members at Forest Lake. If there was an event, a function, we worked and we helped. And we, we did anything we could do and then called to preach or teach a Sunday school class or, or whatever. I, I want to be, be serving God when he comes back. I want to be found faithful. And uh, I, I never read where we're called to quit in anything, but just the opposite. If a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, then he's not fit for the kingdom. In other words, there's no place to quit in the kingdom of God. So I, I want to be serving the Lord when he comes back. But I, I thank him for the day he saved me because I wouldn't be here had he not been merciful to me as a Savior. So I, I thank him tonight that I'm born again by his grace, by his mercy. Second Timothy chapter number three, we're going to begin reading with verse number one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further. Their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, 
what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want us to key in verse number 10, Thou was fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, and afflictions. I want to preach to you on what all people should know about us. What all people should know about us. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We just pray and ask that you'll speak to our heart. And in so doing, Lord, that you'll anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what the Spirit would speak unto us. Oh, God, draw us, lead us to an altar. I pray you'll have your way in our heart and in our life tonight. As we surrender unto you that every need will be met that every life will be filled with the power of your spirit. God, we ask it together in Christ's name. If you love him, would you say amen. Amen, amen. Paul, speaking to Timothy, reassures him. This is right after he describes to him what it's going to be like in the last days. And you can imagine that if you're hearing this from a man of God that's giving it to you by revelation of the Spirit, you're going to need a little reassurance. Amen. He's in a prison cell about to be beheaded and is going to leave Timothy and the churches, you know, into the hands of the Lord. He's going to heaven and they know his time. He's already wrote to them and told them the time of my departure is at hand. And he said, it's going to get awful in the last days, meaning after I'm gone, it's going to get awful. And he told them uh, the, the, the state that men would find themselves in in the last days. He said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, and affliction. And that, that to me was his reassuring of Timothy, no matter what other men are, no matter what other men are going to be, you've seen my life, and you know what a Christian ought to be. And so I, I felt like it bared repeating that this is what all people should know about us. The first thing he said, thou hast fully known my doctrine. Amen. Paul told Timothy, Preach the word. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. That's right. You know, long-suffering means patience. You suffer long with people. You, you, you bear with them long. You, you don't give up on people too soon or very easily. That's what long-suffering is. He said... Uh, with all long-suffering and doctrine. I want to tell you, you can, I, I've 
used to think, you know, you got to bear along with people, but why did he include doctrine in there? Because you, you've got to be long-suffering in your doctrine as well. You've got to let the Word of God do what it does. This gospel has never changed, and it won't ever change. Jesus said, my word shall never pass away. I don't believe God intended for us to tinker with the word of God at all. When he gave it, he said, make sure you add nothing to it and don't take anything away from it. He said, he that adds to my words, I'll add to him the plagues written in this book. He that takes away from my word, I'll take away his part out of the book of life. I think that's said enough. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. So we got to be long-suffering with people, but we've also got to be long-suffering in our doctrine, in the preaching of doctrine. You know, doctrine, sound doctrine, is what makes people, he said, wise unto salvation. Sound doctrine, you can't get a man saved until you first get him lost. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, meaning they're no good bo good old boys. <laughs> no matter what Waylon Jennings said, just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. <laughs> oh, y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The others are like, what in the world? They're no good old boys. And I, I've often said, no matter what Disney says, all dogs don't go to heaven. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. What is born again? Old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. The first message that Jesus came preaching, I'm talking about, uh, he said, Thou hast fully known my doctrine. Paul was so emphatic on doctrine, he said that to Timothy, If any man comes to you preaching anything, any other gospel, than what you heard me preach, uh, you label him uh, as a devil. Woo! Man, that's powerful preaching right there. If he don't preach my doctrine, you just write him off as a devil. He's not preaching the truth. Now, I want to tell you, folks, there are a lot of devils wearing, I would say they're wearing coats and ties, but most of them are wearing deck shoes and skinny jeans. <laughs> Woo, you all won tonight, ain't you, Brother Eddie? I'm trying not to be. That was fully known. My doctrine. Amen. He, he says, uh, if, if I'm going to leave you with this, uh, he said, then preach. Yeah. Preach the word. Yeah. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Doctrine uh, is, is, the, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came preaching, repent, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Again, he told his, his disciples and those that heard him, except ye repent, you will all perish. And I was listening to a man 
the other night, uh, I was at a graduation. He said, uh, look, we've all got preconceived notions on what repentance is. And he said, a lot of people, when they hear the word repentance, we think you got to come and confess all your sin and, you know, do away with this, do away with that. He says, that's not what repentance is. Repentance is just coming and telling God I'm a blank slate. I, I'm an you know, I, I, I'm an empty possibility. Just uh, fill my heart with who you are and do what you want to in me. I said, that's half of repentance. I won't say that that's not a part of repentance, but you can't uh, leave out uh, confessing your sin. The Bible said, if a man will confess and forsake his sin, he finds mercy. Confession and the forsaking of sin is a part of repentance. Yeah. It is a key part of repentance. We must confess with our mouth. Yeah. Amen. We, we confess that we're sinners and we confess that God Almighty is righteousness and holiness and that we are lost without it. Jesus said without repentance that we would perish. Part of repentance is confessing our sin and then forsaking our sin, and then third, he had it right, submitting ourselves to God, make me a new creature. Not only did I need forgiveness, I needed to be changed. I needed his divine and holy nature. And so I asked him not only to forgive me, but then to change me. Oh God, change my heart change my mind, change my life. Don't leave me like you found me. Born again is changed through and through. If a man's not changed, if there's no change, Paul said, present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord as your reasonable sacrifice. Listen, you, you give your body, you give your life to God, he consumes it on the altar the, the Bible said it's his will that we be uh, conformed to the image of Christ. There's no change in our life. I went down to the altar and I come up and there's no change in my life. I, I cried. I felt conviction. I did ask God to forgive me. I was sorry for my sins. Sorry that I got found out. Sorry that I got caught. Uh, but if I, I got caught uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow I'm sneaking around doing the same thing again, uh, I didn't get born again. I'm just sorry you caught me. I'm sorry you shined the light on me. Sorry I got found out. Uh, sorry that I hurt somebody, made them cry, made them feel bad, betrayed their trust. Uh, but a man born again, uh, he ain't going to cheat no more. A man born again, he'll quit lying. He'll quit stealing. A man born again, he's delivered. You know, you're born free. He the Son had made free is free indeed. Bound by nothing, nobody. Somebody said, well, I got saved, but I was still doing this, this, and this. I'm not denying that at all. I'm saying every time he did it, he felt like crawling under a rock and like he was going to die if he didn't. He wasn't long for that lifestyle is what I'm saying. He was under deep-hearted conviction and knew he was in the wrong and he wasn't or couldn't be a willful sinner against God anymore. His heart has been transformed. He's no longer a sinner 
He's now a child of God by the grace of God. That's doctrine. Doctrine is also not only is Jesus a Savior that you must repent, uh, confessing and forsaking your sin in order to be born again. And when you're born again, you're changed. Uh, Jesus is also a healer. With his stripes I'm healed. He, uh, uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, who forgiveth all of my iniquities uh, and who healeth uh, all of my diseases. Oh, yeah. Confess your faults uh, one to another and pray one for another that you might be healed. The word faults there, don't go around telling everybody what you think uh, your character flaws are, what you dreamed about, uh, or who you're having bad thoughts about in your mind. The word thought, or, uh, faults there or weaknesses uh, are infirmities. Uh, it's the very root of where we uh, began as a church to take up prayer requests. Uh, something's wrong with you sick in your body. If you're hurting somewhere, got a pain or an ailment, uh, I'll confess it to somebody. Tell somebody I'm sick uh, and can't get well. Pray one for another that you might be healed. Uh, he said, call for the elders of the church. Uh, have them anointed with all. Pray over them in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. That's doctrine. God is a healer. I believe in doctors. I've, I've taken medicine and will take medicine. A doctor is a, he practices medicine is what a doctor does. He practices. Medicine is something to treat your symptoms. But make no mistake about it. If you get well, it's going to require a healing. A doctor can, can practice on you. A doctor can perform surgery. But in order to be healed, you're going to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. I was talking with uh, Brother Wesley Calloway, his son played on my team. We was talking about his life being a miracle. They didn't give him much chance to live. He had lymphoma. Didn't give him much chance to live. They treated him and treated him nearly to death with all that poison that they put in you to try to, to, try to kill it. But the fact of the matter is most people die. But thank God he's got a praying mama. Thank God to a lot of people that knew him and loved him are believers. And they know that God's a healer. And they called on the name of the Lord. Confess your weakness. Confess your infirmity. Confess your sickness. Tell somebody. Pray one for another that you might be healed. And when he got the all clear. Their word for it's remission. The Bible's word for it's healing. When he got the report of healing, he called me and cried and said, thank God, I want to tell you I'm healed. And he said, look, I know you, they watch our service sometime, even Baptist seek me. Fisherman Baptist Church right down in Bosker. He said, I watch your church. He said, man, I would, he said, I'll just be honest with you, I'd go to your church. He said, but I'm Baptist. He said, I watch y'all. And he said, man, it's, it's good. He said, but y'all a little different than what we are. He said, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I said, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I said, we love to have you, but I am Pentecostal. I'll get to that in a little bit on my doctrine. I am Pentecostal. He may be watching tonight. I got good friends that are born again. 
And they live pure and holy lives. Their name's in the book of life. Their faith is in Christ, uh, in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Not only is he a savior, he is a healer. He just said, I want to come one Wednesday night, Pentecostal or not. I want to come one Wednesday night and just stand up and testify and thank you and thank your church for praying for me because I'm a living miracle that God heals. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah's mom's a Sunday school teacher in that church. We were talking, she said, had a boy come to, come to Sunday school. He's a bus kid. He's got his fingers painted to, you know, and said, I asked him, son, what are you painting your fingernails for? He said, my mama told me if I wanted to paint my nails, I could. He said, I got my toenails painted too. She said, well, girls paint their nails, not boys. And he said, my mama told me I could be whatever I wanted to be and that I could wear a bow in my hair if I want to. And she said, well, your mama might tell you that, but but God don't tell you that. She said, I began to talk to him about what the Bible says a man ought to wear and what the Bible said a woman ought to wear and that a woman ought not try to be a man and a man ought not try to be a woman. We just got to preaching to each other a little bit. I said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm right one in accord with you. We got talking about all of that. And she hugged the she hurt, hugged her boy. We got to talk about God healed him. She hugged his neck. She said, I'm so glad God's a healer. Yes. I said, me too. That's a part of our doctrine. Any doctrine that tells you that miracles went out the window with the acts of the apostle is a doctrine of devils. That's a lie. God's a healer as much as he is a savior. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If blind Bartimaeus walked away seeing when Jesus laid hands on him, then a blind man can still be made to see today because Christ hasn't changed. If people were raised from the dead in this Bible, and they were on countless occasions, then Christ still raises people from the dead. He's a, I'm talking about doctrine of salvation through uh, uh, faith, through repentance, uh, through the forsaking of sin, a born again change. I'm preaching to you about Jesus uh, not only being a savior, but also a healer. And then I also want to tell you a part of our doctrine uh, is also that he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost uh, and with fire. I make no apologies for Pentecost. Uh, you see a believer, a born again believer, speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gives him uh, or her the utterance, uh, then you're in the house of God. Uh, you're in a place where the Holy Ghost is falling and having free course and free reign. Uh, the Bible said, uh, if a man speaks uh, in unknown tongues, he speaks mysteries uh, unto God. Uh, and he went on to say that when the uh, People are speaking in tongues uh, and the interpretation of tongues go forth. Uh, he said that was for sinners. Yeah. That when they leave, they'll say of oh, the truth, uh, God was in this place. Yeah. 
Believers are for signs and wonders, is what Isaiah said in the Old Testament. He said, with stammering lips and another tongue shall they praise me. That was in the Old Testament. Isaiah went on to say believers uh, are for signs uh, and wonders. Uh, when the Holy Ghost moves, uh, it's to let that sinner know God Almighty is in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Alex and Brooke, I believe, was her name. Eli came with Brother Steve's grandson. People that need God, people that uh, have never been born again. Do you know the night I got saved, uh, I'd sit on my mama's couch uh, before uh, they were leaving for church. Uh, she invited me to church. I said, I ain't going. She, she you know, scolded me a little bit. Uh, I, I, I pondered what she said, and I said, well, you know, the least I can do is make an effort to go. I've tried everything but surrendering my life to God. My life was a mess. Uh, my marriage was about over. I said, I've tried everything and everybody but God. The least I can do is make an effort uh, and go to church. Do you know that night when Brother Tim got come to the close of the message, a message when there was a distant preacher there, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. We didn't know each other. He wasn't a member there. I wasn't either. He was visiting. I was visiting. He gave out the message. I didn't know he was a visitor. Didn't know he was a preacher. But he sat directly across from me. I remember looking when he gave it out. And I bowed my head in reverence to God. And the interpretation went out. And the first words of the interpretation was, Tonight you made an effort to come to my house. I knew God's talking to me. I was the sinner being found out. Uh, of a truth, God was in that place. Uh, and he let me know, I heard what you said. Uh, even in your mind, uh, I heard what you said. Uh, and I'm here to talk to you in response. Uh, needless to say, I walked the aisle that night uh, and got gloriously born again, October of uh, 93. Without the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation, uh, I'm telling you, I'd probably still be lost tonight. Visiting of Angels, my grandpa, I told this story before preaching. He come back and said, son, won't you get saved? I said, not ready. He said, God, show me a vision of you while I was preaching. He said, you're an athlete. Don't play anymore. I said, no, sir. He said, you're hurt. You're injured. I said, yes, sir. He said, God showed me that he, he allowed that injury to come and disables you from playing that sport because uh, you put that ahead of him and God took away from you what you love most in life uh, to lead you on the path that he's ordained for you. God wants you to be saved, not to be an athlete. Uh, I remember going home uh, Pondering that in my mind, struggling with that uh, in my mind. I want to tell you there's sometimes uh, the Holy Ghost needs to read somebody's mail. It ain't always about just speaking in other tongues. Uh, sometimes it's a word of prophecy. Sometimes it's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Yeah. I won't ever forget the Sunday that I was standing here and I was preaching, bringing that thing to a close, and I said, God told me to tell Sister Mary Rayleigh, you tell her that whatever it is she's been worried about, 
God said, I fixed it. I done it. I'm just preaching like I am right now. And the Lord spoke that to my heart. And I said, well, I know that's God. I'm going to obey. I said, don't usually do this. But Sister Mary, whatever it is, been wrong that you've been worrying and praying to God about. He said, it's done. She come back the next Sunday and said, Brother Eddie, I got a bad report from the doctor. They found something. I went back this week and they run a scan and said, don't worry about it. What we thought we saw ain't there. Everything's all right. So when she told me that, I gave the testimony. I told the church. But it was after. <laughs> How it works, I'm getting ahead of myself Sister uh, Diane was right there. Sister Diane Sharp, she was right there. She was weeping and crying at the remembrance table. When I leaned down, I said, God told me that what he done for Sister Mary last Sunday, he was going to do for you this Sunday. And she began to weep. She said, breast cancer runs in my family. Her sister had already had surgery for that. She said, breast cancer runs in my family. And they found a mass there and I got to go back. She said, I'm scared to death of what's going to happen. When she went back, it was gone. Wow. I remember Sister Darlene's mom, Sister Wick, Sister Vivian, standing right there one camp meeting night. Her, fit, her kidneys had been failing her. I ain't going to tell nobody that God's going to heal them tonight if the Holy Ghost don't tell me God's going to heal them tonight. Because the Bible said if a man prophesies and the prophecy don't come to pass, you mark him as a false prophet. It ain't going to be thus saith the Lord if the Lord didn't say it, not with me. I respect the Lord too much. I don't want somebody to say, I don't believe in that because they said this and it didn't happen. I respect God too much to do that. I was, I was praying. I looked over there at her and the Lord said, you go tell Vivian Wiggins tonight uh, that I'm healing her kidneys. I walked over there. She's praying with her eyes closed, her hand up. I leaned over and whispered in her ear. I said, God said, tonight, in this altar, he's healing your kidneys right now. Woo, she just went to shout. She had an appointment already scheduled with a, a, a kidney doctor. They're going to put her on dialysis. Sister Darlene knows I'm telling you the truth. He said, who sent you to me? Dr. So-and-so, why? I've run every test. I ain't nothing wrong with your kidneys. Your kidneys are fine. I'm just telling you. Brother, brother uh, Jeff and Sister Nicole Bryant go to Brother Shortridge's church. I'm talking to you about doctrine. The Holy Ghost. This baptism in the Holy Ghost. The gifts and the operation of the Spirit of God. That's our doctrine. I'm not going to not be Pentecostal because I could get more people. Lord knows if I wasn't, I'd have some more. Because people are very afraid with what they are not familiar with. Just because they're not familiar with something don't mean they can't get familiarized with it. <laughs> Amen. 
And uh, anyway, it was maybe about five, six plus years ago. It was one of the camp meetings that I preached for Brother Short Ridge. It's, I mean, full-blown camp meetings. Go If you've ever been to Dallas Church of God during camp meeting, it's 140-proof Pentecost. It's full-blown Pentecost. I mean, they're shouting and Holy Ghost hand grenades going off everywhere. I'm walking across that platform and Jeff and Nicole are standing over there and just, I mean, just very clear and very distinctly the Lord said to me, I want you to go tell Jeff. He, I've been friends with him for a long time. We, we share the love of deer hunting. He said, I want you to go tell Jeff that I've heard his and Nicole's prayer and that I am going to give them a baby. I thought, oh, Lord. Somebody's praying over a child and they've been trying for years and ain't had one. It's better be God. I knew it was God. I, t I walked down there on the, on the, in the altar and I said, God said he's heard both of y'all's prayer and you are going to have a baby. And then that wasn't all the Lord told me to tell him. God said, I want you to be so sure in your faith, in your mind, and in your heart that you're going to have a baby or that I am going to fulfill my word and fulfill my promise. Not only do I want you to believe it to, with your heart and in your mind, he said, I told him, I said, this is what God told me to tell you. You need to, whatever decorations you're going to, Put in one of them rooms for a bit, whatever color you're going to paint the walls, you need to paint them. You need to decorate that room with baby colors. You need to put a baby bed in there, buy your diapers, whatever it is you're going to do. You need to make that room up like you've already been to the doctor and you know she's expecting. That's what God told me to tell you. Man, he just cried big old crocodiles whispered in his ear. He said, I waited until we got home before I told Nicole. He said, because we, we, you know, had people tell us we was going to have, that God's going to bless us with a baby before. It's been years that ain't happened, so we, 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 our emotions have been here and there and everywhere. He said, but man, when you told me that about the room, he said, I, yeah, I waited till we got home and I told her. He said, Brother Eddie, we decorated that room. We put a baby bed in there and everything. It was years has gone by since then. I ain't never forgot it. And every year they've gone childless. The devil's weighed on my mind. You spoke out of turn. You said that God said and it didn't happen. Last year I was sitting on a deer stand. It was early in the morning. It was early for them. He was in Kansas on a deer stand, and I was in Alabama on a deer stand. And I got a text early, and usually on by the only person going to text me that early would be Kim, so I'm looking at the phone thinking Kim's up now. She's texting me. It's from Jeff. It's a video text. Him and his daddy's out in a big old open field in Kansas, ducked down behind a, a hay bale on a fence row waiting on a big buck. Holding the phone up, he said, Brother Eddie, he said, me and daddy's out here waiting on that big old buck. He said, but I just wanted to send this video to you while dad was with me. He said, we love you. 
think a lot of you. He said, you remember years ago what you told me about that baby? He said, we've had that room ready. And he said, I just want, want to let you know that he'll be here in June. I, I posted that picture, you know, just two days ago. Him born, he sent me another, he sent me a picture text when they were in the hospital. And, you know, they were getting ready to take the baby. He sent me another picture after the baby was born. I said, keep them pictures rolling in, buddy. Woo! Said, can't wait to meet him. God works miracles. Some things, can you imagine, some things just wouldn't be unless the Holy Ghost come to manifest Christ. Yeah. That's right. Come on. Hallelujah to God. Jack Coe said, little girl born with deformed feet, mama brought her up in a, in a healing line for him to pray over her. Little feet that big. I don't know how old the girl was, several years old. A little bit orange feet about that big. And Jack Coe said, God said, won't you leave his tent tonight? He said, I'm not going to pray for those feet tonight, but I want you to leave this tent. He said, I want you to go to the shoe store, whatever size shoe that a girl her age is supposed to be wearing. He said, you go get them shoes. You buy. You bringing that girl back tomorrow night. You're going to stand the same prayer line. I'm going to pray for this girl. And God said her feet's going to grow into them shoes. Hallelujah. Her feet's going to grow into them shoes. That mother went home and by faith went and bought a, a pair of shoes that a, a girl her age ought to be in. She brought him back the next night. He testified to the whole tent and told him what God had said, laid hands on that little girl in the name of Jesus and said those little tiny deformed feet grew up into those shoes. That girl shouted praise the Lord, jumped down on the floor and run laps around that tent while the saints of God shouted the victory. Woo, hallelujah to God. You're pulling on my doctrine. This is no strange thing where God is concerned to you, Timothy. From a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures. You've watched your mama, your grandma, and your pastor live it out. This is our doctrine. This is our life. This is God's message to mankind. Healing's a part of it. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the gifts and the operation of the Spirit of God are part of it. He said, you've known my doctrine. Man, I can just keep preaching that. It's awesome. <laughs> Brother Colley, Brother C.D. Colley, girl deaf and dumb. She's born deaf because she was deaf, she was mute. Never, never heard nothing in her life and never spake a word in her life. A little deaf and mute girl. He said he was preaching revival that week for this church. That girl was there every night. Mom came, she was saved, dad was lost. And 
this girl was precious to her mom and dad. She was her daddy's darling. She was her mama's jewel. But daddy was lost. He said, I was preaching. He said, didn't always do it, but I told the church on Friday night, I'm going to pray for the sick. And on Friday night, we're going to pray for all known sicknesses or disease, and we're going to believe for God to heal and to make whole. And he said, that girl came up. And I guess mom knew that it was going to be a special night or believed that it could be possible that their daughter would hear and speak and said, that night, daddy came lost. He said, I preached on divine healing. He said, they were up toward the front of the line and they got up close he said, I wanted to pray for everybody else in the house and pray for her last. So I asked her and her mom, if y'all don't mind, could y'all go to the end of the line? He said, the strangest look came on their face like, what? We, 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 we chomping at the bit for this to happen. You want us to go to the end? He said, yeah. He said, just between us, if I pray and God heals her right now, he said, I'll never get there. Pray for nobody else. This place go up and smoke. He went back to the end of the line. He prayed for everybody there in the house. And when it got to her, he said, I laid hands on her and prayed in the name of Jesus, Lord, to loose her ears, to hear and loose her tongue to talk. He said, the girl fell down, immediately just dropped down to her knees and threw her hands over her ears. First time she's ever heard a sound in her life. She's in a Pentecostal church. The piano and the organ's going. The singers are singing. The saints are praying. It's just a Pentecostal Holy Ghost pandemonium going on. Clasp her ears, fell down to her knees, grabbed her mama's legs. Said her mom dropped to her knees and said, Baby, can you hear she shook her head, yeah. Hallelujah. yeah. Woo! Mama went to shout. Brother Collie stood her up and he said, baby, can you hear what I'm saying to you? She shook her head, yeah. And he said, the Lord spoke to him instantly. He said, I'm doing all this so that I can save that daddy back there in the back. He said, tell her to turn around, face the back of the church. Said, so she turned around, was facing the wall like I'm doing. Her daddy's sitting there in the back row and big tears was coming down his eyes. He's lost. He said, darling, just so somebody can't say that you was reading my lips or I was telling you what to say, I'm standing behind you. He said, I'm going to say something and you repeat it. One, she never spoke before her whole life. She said, one, they shouted. Two, two, they shouted more. Three, three, that place was shouting all over the building. He said, I got one more thing that God told me to tell you to say. He said, I want you to say, Daddy, I love you. 
She said, Daddy, I love you. He shot off of that back pew, ran and dropped down to that altar and said, oh, God, save my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some things the Holy Ghost needs to manifest in power. Yes. I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration and the power of the Spirit that your faith might rest in God and not the wisdom of men. Yes. He said, you've known my doctrine. Learned it from your grandmother, from your mama, and from me. Don't stray from the gospel. Preach the word. Right. Preach it with all long suffering. Even have long suffering with doctrines concerned. For the time will come. Men will not endure sound doctrine. Men will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And shall be turned away from the truth of the fables. Fables are some made up story. Everybody goes to heaven. That's a fable. Jesus doesn't care how you live. That's a fable. <laughs> he said, you fully know my doctrine and my manner of life. Manner of life. That is, according to the Greek, manner of life is one word. Agage. It means a bringing up or a mode of of living. You fully know how I was brought up. You have fully known my lifestyle. How I live my life. Don't tell me lifestyle don't matter. Lifestyle's everything. Christianity's not knowing. Christianity's being. I'm going to send you another company, which is the Holy Ghost. Uh, ye shall be witnesses yeah. unto me. Right. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. He didn't say you'd go out and witness. Uh, he said you're going to be the witness. You're going to be the message. You're going to be living. Present your body a living sacrifice that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. Your life is going to prove out you're a child of God. Your life's going to prove God answers prayer. Your life is going to prove that salvation, born again salvation, is a transformation. It's a change. Old things are dead and all things are become or made new. Your life's going to prove out divine healing. Yes, Your yes. life's going to prove out the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Praying over a line of kids about the length of this altar. Where Brother Timmy Bradley, I was pastor in Somerdale at the time. We had us a little youth service, his church, my church. There were 50 of us uh, holding that little building. About half of them's kids, rest of us parents. Uh, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I made the statement that this is necessary for a born again child of God to be 
filled with the Holy Ghost uh, as it is for a lost sinner to be saved. Yeah. I'll say that again. It's as necessary for a born again child of God to be baptized in the Holy Ghost as it is uh, a lost sinner to be saved. Well, you're saying uh, it got to uh, uh, be Feel the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. That ain't what I'm saying. You're going to do the will of God. You're going to be the witness. Uh, this Holy Ghost must come. Yeah. Anyway, I made the statement. Timmy Bradley stood up, raised his hands up and said, Preach that, brother. I believe it. Come on. I said, if you believe it, I want you to come. I want every young person here to line up across the front. Uh, I want God to feel every one of them. Every single one of them. They all come. Every one of them. I said, I want every parent of these kids, I want you to file in behind them. I said, there ain't but a few of us here. It's you, sir. It's just us. Uh, nobody be scared of Nobody be embarrassed uh, about anything. If you're a parent and don't have the Holy Ghost, uh, get in here behind them. Pray God feel you too. Me and Brother Timmy got down. I don't know how many we went across, uh, but by about the third Young person, it was a little girl. About the third little girl I got to, we prayed on her. God baptized that girl in the Holy Ghost. I mean, and when he did, she went to shouting and speaking in tongues and something hit that house from one side to the other. She was filled. She was filled. He was filled. He was filled. She was filled. He was filled. She was filled. He was filled. Every human being I looked, uh, every parent in the house uh, is speaking in other tongues. Uh, every young person in the house uh, is speaking in other tongues. Uh, everybody in that building that night, uh, except for Raphael from Ecuador, who was just brand new to it all, who was standing there in amazement uh, and in utter shock. He wasn't quite sure what to think about Pentecost because uh, South American Catholicism uh, dead religion hypocrisy was all he knew and he was testing the waters oh, I didn't know what he was thinking but God filled every human being in that house except him on the bus ride on the van ride home those kids are still crying some of them still speaking in tongues he was in the front seat he would turn around and look back there and wipe big old tears a little while later he would turn around and look back and wipe tears. And I said to Raphael, I said, what do you think about what's going on? He began to sob. And he said, Brother Eddie, he said, I've been in the room with the priest. He said, when I was a little boy. He said, and the priest would visit our home. He said, I was told, you go sit against that wall. And he said, I was told to put my hands uh, over my eyes. Uh, and whatever I do, don't you dare move your hands uh, or open your eyes. He said, I would hear noises uh, going on between what that priest was doing and some of the ladies in my household. And he said, now that I'm an adult, I know what they were doing. He said, I grew up seeing the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church, knowing the sin that was in that priesthood. They would get drunk with us in the tavern and then ask us to confess our sin to them. He said, I 
Uh, I, I rebuked it uh, as a man-made religion. He said, my religion was my education. I'm a learned man. I have a degree. I'm not an ignorant, unlearned person. He said, I, I thought I could see through all false religion. But when I met you the night that he came to Bible Way, the Wednesday night that Brother Homer brought him, I preached on the power of God. He asked, could he come back in my office? He said, I've never heard preachy with power. I need to know more about preachy with power. I said, Jesus is power. And this baptism in the Holy Ghost is power. Yeah. I said, just keep coming. Oh, that was an invitation for him to leech on to me and stay at my house every day. He got off work. He come to that parsonage and ever I couldn't get rid of it for three years. He was like one of my children. We it'd be a holiday. He didn't know no better. I had plans to go to mom and dad's or to my sisters or somewhere. Oh, I go with you, brother Eddie. I said, well, I guess you will. On that van ride that night, I said, what do you think about that? He said, Brother Eddie. He said, grown-ups, they know how to fake. Adults, they can try to deceive. With them, it can be not real. He said, those children, they're pure. He said, they're too young to be trying to deceive me. He's wiping tears. He said, this preaching with power is real. Oh, he was with me here before he went back home one particular man in the church, he had watched wear me out. That's all, I'm just going to leave it at that. Wear me out. He's always with me, always around me, heard me talking on the phone. He knew this man wore me out. He heard this man say some very unkind and unchristian-like things to me. One service, uh, Holy Ghost is moving, is right before camp meeting. And I said, I want to do this, but going into camp meeting because God told me to do it. I went to the back, got me a basin and a towel, asked three men to come up, that man being one of them, said, I want to wash your feet. Jesus knelt down and washed the feet of his disciple. Peter said, hey, hey, you ain't never going to wash my feet. And he said, you ain't going to never be part of my kingdom. He said, wash my feet, wash all of it if you want to. Man, I got to washing those men's feet, and I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, while I was kneeled down, washing, and according to you, I ain't no foot person. Amen. I ain't no footsy guy. I think feet are to walk on. Yeah. One of the things I hate about living in Baldwin County. Somebody's going to say, oh Lord, 
Brother, you don't like me wearing sandals or flip-flops. I just ain't never been a footsie person. I'm in a restaurant eating and somebody walks in, they wearing sandals or flip-flops and they got black and green toenails hanging off the end of their toes about that far, reaching down like, like grabbers clawing on the tile or the carpet. I'm thinking, oh, what is it in your mind that made you think I wanted to see that while I was eating? About three of y'all feel the same way. Amen. <laughs> Me and Brother Joe is yeah. on the same yeah. thing. I'm like, cover them babies up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, foot washing, I'm preaching to many a church of God. I grew up in the church of God. I got buddies, best of friends in the church of God. Part of their the ordinances of their church is foot washing. Because at that supper, Christ, it was there that Christ washed their feet. So Brother J.P. Lambert, Brother Cliff Gobble, you cannot have communion without foot washing. Can't do it. Unbiblical. Can't, I said, listen, that last supper is in three of the Gospels. That foot washing is in one of the three. So if two of them can write it without the foot washing, I can receive it without the foot washing. Thank you very much. But on that day, I've been many foot washing too. On that day, I knelt down, I washed their feet, and I got to that particular man that had been wearing me out. Woo-wee. Brother Bob, when I got to washing that man's feet, Holy Ghost started wearing him out. That old boy got to crying like a baby. Put his hand on my shoulder. Started praying real soft, asking God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Yeah. I'm telling you, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I got my back turned to y'all. I'm washing feet. I'm talking about manner of life. I got through washing his feet and I turned around. Most of the sanctuary was standing with their hands up, tears streaming. Everybody praising the Lord. They asked me to sit down and they washed my feet. We had altar call that day. We started camp meeting the next night on Friday night. I was taking Raphael to the airport on Saturday morning. On Friday night, Brother Brian McDonald's preaching I can't meet in God filled Raphael with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. He jumped like a little, like a little rabbit all around here, just jumping up like he had springs in his feet. After church was over, late that night, after church was over, he said, Brother Eddie, he said, I was I had so much pride, so much pride built up in my heart. I could never receive the Holy Ghost. He said, but when I watched you wash that man's feet, he said, it crushed my pride. It crushed my pride. He said, all this week, I've been asking God, take away my pride, Lord. 
Help me to love people that don't show any love for me. He said, tonight before church, God spoke to me, told me that he would fill me with the Holy Ghost because he has humbled me so that I could receive. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. On the way back, I told him, we got to find you a church. He went back to Ecuador and every church he'd visit, Pentecostal. He says, dead. I said, what do you mean dead? He said, it resembles a bar room. I said, what? I knew what he meant. We've Americanized so many churches around the world. He said, it resembles a bar room. The, they're, they're doing the salsa and they're playing disco music. He said, I can't be in that. Yeah. He said, Catholicism's dead, but so is that. He said, while well, the preacher preaches, they're falling asleep. He said, I need a Bible way. I said, there ain't no Bible way in Ecuador. You got to find somewhere. He finally settled in on a little independent Baptist church where the preacher preached in his what he called pure doctrine and lived a, a clean life. And I said, Raphael, you can't do that. You, you, you have to Show this, live this, prove this out to your wife and children like I did in front of you. He said, don't worry, Brother Eddie. I have your lifestyle for my example. I was made to know it matters. You have fully known my doctrine. My manner of life. Cursing, come help me. I need to quit. My purpose. Word purpose there in the Greek. Prothesis, a setting forth. That is proposal. Specifically the showbread in the temple. That that was offered openly in public but under God and before the people. You've known my doctrine. You've known my manner of life. That's his private life. You've known my public life. What I've displayed in front of God and the whole world. Yeah. Most people are something else in public versus what they are in private. And that's the way you describe it. Paul described what I am in private is what I've been in public. I want to tell you, unless you're something in private, God don't care what you are in public. If you don't live this at home, it don't matter what you proclaim on the street. He said, you've known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith. Faith, pistis, the conviction of the truth of anything, belief. In the New Testament of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God 
and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and holy favor, born of faith, joined with it, relating to God. The conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. A strong belief, a, a strong conviction. You fully know my faith. A man stares a guillotine in the face, says, I'm ready to be offered. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept. I have kept the faith. Oh God. Let that be able to be my testimony. Yeah on my deathbed. In spite of all hell coming against us, Brother Homer, I want to be able to say to my boy, to my two girls, to anybody who's uh, there around my bedside, I kept the faith. Yes. Everything that wars against you in this life is to shake you loose from your faith. I still believe I still believe. I'm convinced. Jackie Davis on that deathbed on a Wednesday night in that hospital, and I knew she wouldn't ever see the light of another day if God didn't heal her. I got my head leaned over on her hand. I'm crying big old tears, and I felt her hand pull back. She had been unconscious for a while. I lifted my head up, and to my shock, she was awake. We didn't think she would wake back up. She said, hey, pastor, she said, why are you crying? I said, I'm crying because you're in this hospital and I want you out of here. She said, don't worry, pastor. She said, God is my healer. Everything's going to be all right. I said, if you can say that where you are, then I can believe that where I am. She died. I said to the Lord, Lord, how, how did you let her die when her faith was that strong? And the Lord said to me, everybody's going to die. It's how you die. It's dying with victory. It's dying with faith. It's dying unmoved, unshaken. I believe. Don't you worry. Looking cancer right in the face, uh, struggling to draw the next breath. I believe God is my healer. Everything's going to be all right. With my dying breath, let me tell the ones I love, He's a Savior. With my dying breath, uh, dying of some sickness or disease, let me proclaim his healing power. Let me die like my old grandpa did, speaking in other tongues. Yeah. I kept the faith. Hallelujah. Oh God, let all men know 
these things about us. Would you meet me in the altar? Hallelujah. Let's determine and settle in our heart. All oh, that we would hold these things near and dear. These are the things that we would settle in our hearts and minds with God around the altar and we would never be moved from them. Hallelujah.